0: Here we go again, episode 19 of the Bad Buddhism Podcast with your host, Anthony Boyd. So this podcast is yet another challenging one. You read the title, The Shadow of God, A Jungian Interpretation of the Book of Job. And that title doesn't sufficiently talk about or express the depth of the topic that we're going to talk about so i'll just give a little backstory of how i came about talking about this topic because although this topic is challenging and i want to put a disclaimer out there this topic is very challenging for me but This is, this episode right here is a snapshot of my current intellectual position, my current intellectual development. And I'm really curious to see how my intellect will develop over time. So just take this journey with me. I do these podcasts because I am genuinely interested in the forces of the psyche, psychology, philosophy, spirituality, artificial intelligence, of course, which I still need to do a segment on at some point, but I am just so occupied by analytical psychology right now. Right? I'm genuinely interested in seeing the development of my intellectual maturity over the next 100 episodes or so. Because... This is a heavy, this is a heavy one. This is a heavy lift. So I'll just give some backstory as to how I came across this topic. How I was inspired to talk about this topic. So I was just scrolling my life away on Instagram one day and I came across Dr. Jordan B. Peterson's post on canonical books, right? And I'll just read the the caption. What, what drew me into this particular post as opposed to all the other ones he posts i mean every now and again you know i get drawn into his posts and stuff like that but what drew me into this post was that he had a stock photo what seems to be a stock photo that i've seen on unsplash one time with just some busts of some i guess philosophical figures some ph- some philosophers from um ancient times and stuff so i was drawn into the picture naturally because it's instagram right And then I read the caption and I'm going to read the caption to you guys right now. There are some canonical books that are like portals through knowledge and time. These are books that have influenced many others and contain something you must learn an understanding of how our patterns of thinking and acting and understanding of why we perceive life in a certain way. Equipped With this information, you can gain a metaphorical, mythical, and conceptual foundation of existence and begin guiding yourself properly through life. On jordanbpeterson.com, great books, slash great books, you can find a list of recommendations. It contains books that I think everyone should read. So that right there, that last call to action, that last paragraph, or that last sentence was a call to action that I am thankful I followed. Because I went to that particular book list and I saw that there was so much wealth of knowledge just from the outset. These are this is about I'd say this is about almost a hundred books or so. And I just started scrolling through them And I saw there was a section on clinical psychology and psychiatry. So me being the psychological fanatic that I am, I'm scrolling and I see Carl Young. And I'm just looking through some of Carl Young's books. uh, And I see answer to Job. Job is a book of the Bible and I have been recently getting back into the Bible every now and again. I read the Bible and I let the 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 wisdom percolate a little bit because sometimes the Bible could be a hard read. So I don't read the Bible straight through. I like to read different portions of it, you know, just to kind of like get some wisdom and understanding. I specifically like to read Ecclesiastes, Proverbs and Psalms. Um, sometimes I like to venture into the Old Testament. And thankfully enough, this was right on time. Th- this book, Answer to Job, stuck out to me, right? And it is a controversial book, to say the least. And Carl Jung even admits this himself. It is a analytical psychological interpretation of the book of job right but before we even get into answer to job for those of you don't know i will just talk about what the book of job is i'll just summarize it as best as i can right so the book of job is basically a book about god basically harassing job job is a servant of god he's a follower of god believes in god right and he was truly blessed right he had family land sheep everything you know he's truly blessed right faithful believer and servant of god as well so god being proud of job you know he's there kind of like bragging you know about job saying how great of a servant he is how faithful he is to him and how good of a person he is right and then here comes satan satan comes along and challenges god and says yeah well he's only faithful to you because you've blessed him look at all the material things you've you've given him you've blessed him with all of these things that's the only reason why he's you know that's the only reason why he's faithful to you right and it's important to, to kind of note in my research, I found that Satan in the book of Job is said to be more of a title than the actual New Testament version of God of uh, of Satan. Right. So Satan is noted as the accuser. He's referred to as the accuser. You know, so he's not the devil with horns and 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 red skin and all that stuff. He's he's. You know, it's a, a accuser, right? So he accuses God of basically, yeah, you blessed him, so yeah, that's the only reason why he's worshiping you, right? That's the only reason why he he's serving you, right? Of course, God denies this and says, "I, right, you, you sure? Well, he's gonna be faithful to me regardless, no matter what, right? So they make a bet, God and Satan make a bet and Satan says well I bet you that and it's weird because there's not necessarily any you know when you make a bet you say okay I'll give you this if you bet I give you that in the book of Job it doesn't seem like there's a you know a, a objective wager which is very important and I'm gonna remember see if I can remember to talk about why I think that's important well I'm gonna talk about why I think that's important now like I don't think that there was a necessarily a objective outcome or, hey, listen, if I win this, if I win this bet, I get this. Or if I lose this bet, you get that. There isn't. It doesn't seem to be so clearly defined. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. It doesn't seem to be clearly defined as to what the outcome is or what is stood to be gained, even though the psychological interpretation of this book by Jung seems to bring about a more apparent, I don't want to say reasoning, but it brings about an apparent observation, because it seems to me that the book of Job is is like this turning point in this book of books, the Bible of the Old Testament God, right? Turning point evolution, but we're going to get more into that in a little bit. So basically they make this bet and then Satan is pretty much allowed to unleash a series of forces to completely obliterate Job's life, right? But he's not allowed to kill Job. So he unleashes a force that kills his whole family, including his kids, but except for his wife. Kills his servants and destroys pretty much everything. Destroys his house. Everything. Right? Despite all of that, Job remains loyal. Right? Job remains loyal despite all of the punishment that is being unleashed on him. So, what's interesting about this is that he's Satan is allowed to continue, continuously destroy and just wreak havoc in Job's life, right? Despite him remaining faithful. God brags even more. Say, look, see, he's faithful. He's remaining faithful. He's still, you know, he still keeps me in his heart. He's, you know, looking up to me and everything, you know, he's still, he's, he's still faithful, right? Let me see if I can find where in the book. In answer to Job. I believe this is in Job 16 somewhere, but I'm going to read from the book from answer to Job and it's going to be including that verse, right? Let me see. We see the faith of Job remain unshaken, right? So, okay, but Job is not shaken in his faith and had already uttered an important truth when he said, behold, my witnesses. Witness is in heaven, and he he that vouches for me is on high. My eye pours out tears to God that He would maintain the right of a man with God, like that of a man with his neighbor. And later, for I know that my vindicator lives, and at last He will stand upon earth. So basically, we can see that Job remains faithful. Couldn't quite find the part where um. God was saying to Satan, hey, look, he's still faithful, but we can see there that he's faithful despite all of the things that he's been through. Right. So despite. Him remaining faithful after the what seems to be the first wave of punishment. God lets Satan give him even more punishment, which consisted of nasty boils and blisters all over his body. At this point Job is still faithful. He doesn't denounce his faith at all in God, which is definitely admirable at this point. It's just like, wow, that's that's amazing. And you can kind of see the power of that develop throughout the book. It's it's admirable and you can kind of I think that you can kind of it kind of resonates with you. Right? If any if you ever been through any type of situation or we're in mercury retrograde right now and you know things tend to go haywire and if you ever had any situations in your life where you just think damn what is going on like you know that resonates everything's just going wrong and you're just like you know what nah i'm just gonna it's all give it all to god right that's what we can we could kind of identify with job in this book you know this is why i love the bible i read this and although i'm reading it as you know, more from a psychological scholar standpoint, I'm just like, oh, this is this is so admirable. Like, I want to be like Job. Not necessarily get punished with blitzers and all my life getting destroyed, but you can kind of say, you can kind of admire his strength. You can absolutely admire his strength, right? But Job is not a happy camper. He's still not a happy camper. He's like, what's going on? Like, wh- why is all of this happening? So he starts to inquire about it. And if you read from... If you read from Job, what? Hmm. Let's see. (laughs) I'm reading the contemporary, I believe this is the contemporary English version of the Bible because it's a little bit easier for me to understand. I hop between translations every now and again. But at some point, Job is like, what is going on? Why am I being punished like this? He doesn't denounce his face, but he he wants an explanation. So basically his friend's, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar turn on him and say that it's somehow his fault, right? And eventually, Elihu says that he has no right to question his fate. So, <laughs> I'll just read. I'll just read some parts from Job eighteen. Bildad's, I guess, his his second speech. Where is this? Well, I don't know. It's the second speech, right? How long will you talk, right? Biladad from Shuha said, how long will you talk? Be sensible. Let us speak. Or do you think that we are dumb animals? You cut yourself in anger. Will that shake the earth or even move the rocks? So he's basically saying, look, listen, man. All that talking you doing is not going to do anything. So you have no choice but to just accept it, right? The lamps of sinful people soon are snuffed out. Leaving their tents dark, their powerful legs become weak and they stumble on schemes of their own doing. Before they know it, they are trapped in a net, hidden along the path. Terror strikes and pursues from every side, from every side. Starving, they run only to meet disaster, then afterwards to be eaten alive by death itself. Jeez. So and then he ends, he goes on and on, then he ends with this. Such is the fate of sinners and their families who do not know God. Wow. So this hey, that's his friend. His friend is basically saying, look, you deserve this. you you It's your fault. You probably did something to anger God. Like you don't know God. And that's pretty much why your whole, you know, existence is being destroyed right now. So just, you know, take it on the chin, champ. Like it's all good. Right. So we see at some point in the Bible, like, you know, All of his friends is scolding him and then Elihu says that he has no right to question his fate. Just basically suck it up because this is God's universe. It's an immortal, this is the immortal power of God's universe and just take it. Just take it on the chin, right? So after a while, God shows up to scold Job, basically telling him, listen, I'm powerful. This is what it is. This is this is what it is. I'm powerful. Like it seems it seems from the reading of Answer to Job by Carl Young. He's kind of like kind of like bragging. Right. And I'm going to see if I can find the funny part in the book of Answer to Job, because this is it, it was a funny part. So, damn, I might not be able to find it for you guys. Man. Nope, nope 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 can't find it gonna have to move on gonna have to move on from it but job is just basically saying okay you got me he gets humbled and then God proceeds to continue to to slaughter job but he 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 lives right he doesn't die like God proceeds to just Keep on giving him, gave, gave him double <laughs> of what he was getting from the outset. Just completely obliterating him, right? Let's see if I could pull it up in the Bible. And I'm just scrolling through and you just see his friends just, just ODing on him, right? Right? God is the one to fear, right? Hmm. Job said, I am desperate because God, all-powerful, God, all-powerful, refuses to do what is right. So he's just like, at one point, this is going back a little bit. He's just like, okay, he's questioning the morality of God. But at the same time, he recognizes this paradox within God, right? And I like how they refer to God. I like how Carl Jung refers to God as Yahweh, right? I learned that name for God in... um." When I was like 19 years old, like some 13 years ago. Interesting. It takes me back. That's why I like Bible study a bit. It takes me back, right? So he the, the the very interesting part for us to note is that Job recognizes the duality in God, the, the good side and the bad side, right? And this speaks to Carl Jung's position on maybe there's a quaternity in addition to a trinity, right? It's not a trinity, it's a quaternity. It's the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and the shadow of God, the evil side of God, right? That's the part that really drew me into doing this podcast because you know I talk about the shadow a lot. I talk about Jung's archetype of the shadow a lot. I like the shadow a lot and I want to, there's just so much that I want to address in regards to the shadow of God and us pretty much what the Bible says is we're being made in his we're made in his image right and how the shadow side relates to us right so we basically see that we can see the 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 recognition of Job recognizing God's duality both his sides good and evil in, in, in these in these verses right as surely as god lives and while he gives me breath i will tell only the truth until the day i die i refuse to do wrong by saying you are right because each day my conscience agrees that i'm innocent so he knows he's innocent he has done nothing wrong he is faithful He's always been a faithful servant to god god admits it himself right so what what's going on here why is he going through this right it's, and this podcast is not necessarily about what the book of Job is meaning, right? Because it's kind of hard to find what any book necessarily means. You have to kind of like read the whole Bible. And I think that's like a lifelong process because the Bible, I was, I was listening to this lecture from Dr. Jordan B. Peterson Dr. Peterson and he basically says that the Bible is the first hyperlinked document in the world. So it's a it's kinda like the internet. It's kinda like the internet and in how everything links to other things. Like I have a website, right? Bad and I have articles on that website. If you were to read one article, you'd scroll through and you'll see that I have links to other articles on my website. So each article sorta of stands alone as a website in of itself because it has links in that article. But then you click that link, it's gonna take you to another context of that hyperlinked word. Right? So we have he had this nice picture of the 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 how many times certain phrases are mentioned in each book of the Bible and he notes that it's a very hyperli- uh, hyperlinked text. It's sort of like the brain, how the brain, each neuron links to another neuron, like there's a network of neurons communicating. So it's not necessarily that each neuron has a specific function. So as as much as they link to another part of the brain to communicate some type of maybe sensory information or internal information right external information whatever piece of information that one neuron captures it communicates to another part of the brain to interpret it right so yeah there's that so the the book of Job I say all that to say that I'm not doing a, a Christian interpretation of it this is more so an analytical psychological interpretation of it and there this is not a localized meaning of the book of job it's an observation and it's a perspective on the book of job not a meaning right so right so we after a while it just seems that god just gives him more and more boom he lives to be. Job lives to be very old, and then it seems as if God and Satan just kind of like fade off into the the shadow. Like they just, Satan just disappears, right? God just disappears. He just fades off as, as well. Very interesting um, book of the Bible. So we get to answer to Job. Carl Young's <laughs> answer to Job, right? See, it's not, and even in the title we can see that he's not necessarily. Trying to find meaning in it, and it doesn't seem like he's too concerned with the 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 truths and non-truths of the Bible or the truths and non-truths of the events in the Bible, but more so uh, commentary on the psyche. He wants to focus on the like the the, the functional structures and patterns of mythology, right? So again i want to say this again this is not a christian interpretation this is not a religious interpretation this is a psychological interpretation and uh is this a fresh perspective that's what i wanted to say before this this is a fresh perspective for me on god like i it never occurred to me that god might have a shadow side It never occurred to me like we have shadow sides but God doesn't have a shadow side, right? So let's just pull out a I just kind of I'll just kind of like warm you up to what <laughs> the answer to Job. it's a funny. I keep laughing because it's a funny book. I find it funny. Answer to Job is a funny book if you if you read it with um if you read it with a relaxed mind, it can be it can be funny, right? So I pull this excerpt <clears throat> I pulled this excerpt from Answer to Job, my Carl Young. For this reason I shall express my affect fearlessly and ruthlessly in what follows, and I shall answer injustice with injustice, that I may learn to know why and to what purpose Job was wounded, and what consequences have grown out of this for Yahweh as well as man. So we see here, Carl Young is sort of, to me, taking the position of calling God a bully. Why was he bullied, and what 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 did this mean? What does this mean for 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 Yahweh? What does this mean for God? Right, and we don't really. I, I kind of like in the summary of Job. I just gave a basic, superficial summary of Job, the the book of uh, Job. But then we're gonna kind of like address the development of job in a psychological under a psychological lens under a psychological microscope right so we can see here that in in the book of um in in the book answer to job carl young is Carl Young wants, he, he wants to know what is going on. Like, why was Job harassed so much? Why was he wounded? Why was he punished so badly? And then he works through his, his line of thought. He tells us, you know, about the book of Job in answer to Job. And then he makes points stating that, or he outlines a process of psychological evolution of this biblical God, right? And he illuminates the suppressed the, the suppressed shadow side. He says that this is the suppressed shadow side of this manic old testament God, right? That's what he that's what he's positing. And in reading this book. I had a very, um. I'm going to just going to pretty much just sum the book up with one interpretation, one um, interpretation of uh, Jungian scholar Murray Stein, right? So I'm going to read a, a review, right? Jungian scholar Murray Stein claims Jung viewed the book of Job as an example of a scriptural religious experience. Hmm. In Jung's interpretation, Job is completely innocent. He is a scrupulously pious man who follows all the religious conventions, and for most of his life, he is blessed with good fortune. This is the expected outcome for a just man in a rationally ordered universe. But then God allows Satan to work on him, bringing misfortune and misery. Being overwhelmed with questions and images of divine majesty and power, Job is then silenced. He realizes his inferior position Vis-a-vis the almighty. But he also retains his personal integrity and this so impressed God that he's forced to take stock of himself. Perhaps he is not righteous after all, as Mark Fonda observes. God's God's. As Mark Fonda observed, God's omniscience precludes self-awareness. So I just want to stick a pin there. So God's omniscience precludes self-awareness. Ooh, how many of us, how many of us are like that where we think we know it all, but it sort of seems like we don't have any self-awareness, no awareness of self, you know, how many people do we know have a lot of book knowledge, but lack inner insight and rarely have an introspective or take our introspection uh, a day for introspection or days for introspection and personal development, you know, and this is the this is the interesting part about answer to Job because it's it's highlighting God's psychological development, psychological evolution. Right. We're referring to and it's funny because we're referring to God as a human being, like sort of like we're personifying him. Right. First of all, we're calling God a him, So, yeah. As okay, we're gonna go back. As Mark Fonda observed, God's omniscience precludes self awareness. So, yeah, the, the omniscience prevents the self-awareness, all knowing, all powerful. Being omniscient, God has no concentrated self to speak of. Very interesting. Because we can see that we can see that Job, like we if we were to juxtapose juxtapose God and Job, we'd see that Job. He's a very self. He's very self-conscious. I'm gonna. I'm gonna remain moral, morally upright. I'm gonna do what's right, and to the day I die, I'm gonna remain. I'm gonna remi- I'm gonna maintain the position that I'm innocent. I'm a faithful servant of God, and that's what. That, I'm innocent. And all you people is crazy. All his friends. How many of our friends just seem to turn against us in bad times and say, "Oh yeah, you you deserve that. You did something. You must have did something. Blame the victim. Victim blaming. Right." It's crazy. I really find that crazy. Like all his friends just really turned against him and say, yo, you deserve this. That's how, that's very interesting because that's how much, I guess, the people, the characters in the Old Testament viewed God, like feared God, right? The stern father of God. You must have did something wrong because God is never wrong. God is right. But then Job just seems to kind of like turn all of that on on its head and we're going to see as we progress this review is a good place to really traverse answer to job and i'm probably going to i'm going to read another review as well so that we can stay on track here right we're what 32 minutes in it's not bad right so we're going to read again we're going to read it again being omniscient god has no concentrated self to speak of being a part of everything god has no opportunity to distinguish self from non-self However, as God knows the thoughts of humans through the thoughts of his creation, he can experience what self-awareness is. And out of this astonishing reflection induced a God by Job's stubborn righteousness, he the Almighty is pushed into a process of transformation that leads eventually to his incarnation of Jesus. God develops empathy and love through his confrontation with Job and out of it a new relationship between god and humankind is born if that is not the most textbook textbook explanation of what integrating the shadow is i don't know i don't know what else is because we have this explanation of how god is transformed through his interaction with job here god seems to be um in the beginning of the book god seems to be <laughs> god seems to be a little bit naive it seems egotistical a little bit aside from self like if you if if we were to say okay god what's going on like you're omniscient you're omnipotent you're you're all knowing like you're all powerful how you let satan trick you into why would you, what, what what do you have to prove to Satan? What would you have to prove to this accuser? Why do you have to prove that to this accuser, right? And I'm thinking, yeah, it makes sense because this suppressed shadow side, this suppressed shadow side wanted to act out and it contrib- it did act out and it contributed to the un- unfoldment. Like this is the climax, the threshold of the 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 destructiveness of the shadow side of god because god is loving right empathetic and all of that but then but then <clears throat> what's going on with the shadow side and i kind of like to to zoom out of the book of the bible i kind of want to talk about how i was listening to a guy on youtube and he was talking about how um he's talking about imagination, i forgot his name. He's talking about imagination and how we created everything that we see here. Right? We created everything we we see here and he basically speaks of God as the unfoldment of imagination. Everything that we we imagine everything that we're partaking in right now is part of our imagination. Me speaking to you, you hearing this is part of this eternal creative imaginative process this unfoldment this evolution of ourselves as the god that we are right because if we're made in god's image and we are god what's going on right are we unfolding and there's many different explanations of how we incarnate and we're apertures through which god is observing itself sort of as to develop to grow, and to evolve. And it seems like this book, it seems to be a story about that, right? And the guy on YouTube forgot his name. I wish I could pull his name up. But he goes on to say that we've been sitting in eternity for all eternity. We've been sitting in this void, this blackness for all eternity. And I guess we got bored and we dreamed up this world and many other worlds like it. And we just split ourselves into many different forms of consciousness. And we're swirling in this dance of, of divine creation, imagination, and all of that. And this book seems to speak to that for me, right? The answer to Job, the book of Job, all seems to speak to that, that, that creative drama, that divine drama of sitting in eternity and creating and then it seems to me that we are interacting with our own creation and evolving because of it. The shadow. Right? The shadow allows for us to evolve because there has to be some type of juxtaposition between good, evil, and then sometimes it looks like we get carried away. Right? Well it seems like what what this is what what this is uh explaining to us, because Job clearly didn't um deserve any of what he got, right? So I'm gonna read another little um review because these reviews really help me to stay on track here right so yeah we're gonna go back and it's mentioning many of the same hmm, interesting so this I'm mean, this this review is from goodreads shit this is from six years ago no this is from eight years ago it's from eight years ago right This work puts the Old Testament biblical God under the psychiatrist's microscope. Carl Jung doesn't concern himself with the truth or non-truth, which is what we stated earlier, of biblical events, and nor does he see that as important. Jung concerns himself with the truth or reality of the psyche itself, freeing himself up to focus on the functional structure and patterns of mythology. Yeah, I've read this one before. I've read this one before. Which is why I kind of like referenced some of the, the words. Yeah, I've definitely re- read this throughout my research because I'm doing research as we uh, as we uh, progress through this podcast. So okay, be it myth or just scriptural ac- scriptural accounts, whose devotees would take offense to being lumped into the mytholo- mythology mythological category. Which is why I say that this is not a Christian interpretation. This is more so a psychological interpretation. Young outlines a process of psychological evolution of the biblical God progress. Yeah, I definitely read this. Evolution, the biblical God progressed through starting with the illustrating the suppressed shadow side of the Old Testament God. Yahweh is a jealous God who was greatly feared by his followers and this is often brushed over by modern followers. Yeah, it seems like a lot of people really... Just kind of like have amnesia when it comes to the Old Testament, it seems right. Which is, it's, it's all right. I mean, again, it's kind of like this, like this said, and I said earlier, it's a psychological evolution, a process of psychological evolution. It's a it's a dynamic way of looking at God, because then a lot of people have this perception, interpretation that God doesn't change. But how could that be? When everything around us is changing, right? One thing that stays constant is, I guess, our awareness. Our awareness, our consciousness, it stays constant. But then even even the thing that changes is our perception, which is kind of like some goggles that we put on. And therefore, we view things differently, we think differently, and we behave differently, right? Let's see. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, so that's basically what this... It basically mentioned what I mentioned earlier about psychological processing, a psychological process, psychological evolution that God went through, right? And then it led God to, through his interaction with Job, led God to say, oh, I need to make up for this. So I'm going to incarnate as man, Jesus, and then that's when I guess the New Testament portion of the New Testament God was born. And it's, it's, it's this inversion. It's, a, it's this perspective that I've never heard of before, which is, again, why I'm trying to wrap my head around it in this podcast. It's Jesus didn't die for our sins. It's Jesus died for God's behavior towards Job. Like, who thinks of that? Like, who says that? Carl Young. And it, it seems to me that that is only possible by Young having this sort of shooting from the hip type of subjective reaction to the book of Job, which is what he states earlier in the book, too, is his subjective reaction, right? So I think that this is one of the most important it's one of the most important perspectives we can take, right? Or I wouldn't say important, I would say it's an interesting it's interesting perspective because we can kind of see if we were to take this as I don't want to say truth, but we could take this as if we could take this as sort of like a pervasive constant or or yeah, let's just say truth for lack of a better term. If we could take this process as truth or as a regular occurrence throughout history, we can see that the shadow is ancient, right? And in order to kind of like understand answer to Job as well, I would recommend that you read up on Carl Jung's archetypes because we can see a few different archetypes in this book, right? The book of Job and answer to Job, we could kind of see that we can view this through the lens of archetypes we can view we can view god as the hero archetype as well as the shadow archetype at the same time we can see that god when god is interacting with satan the accuser which is interesting because he just seems to disappear after a while which leads me to think that maybe satan is maybe satan is his shadow right this whole this whole drama can be again this unfolding of imagination of source us the creator if we look at it from that standpoint so satan is an archetype god is the hero archetype in his own story and job what would job what would job be Hmm. i don't know what archetype job would, would serve as but job is definitely that that force that allows God to exalt himself into a more actualized version of himself and you would think I mean Job is exalted at the same time but you but you would think that it'd be the other way around right because God is all-powerful all-knowing so you you would think that you would think that God doesn't have anything to prove but it seems to me that this preclusion of self-awareness through omniscience allowed for God to evolve and become more powerful more empathetic right hmm very interesting stuff so if God integrated his shadow why aren't we integrating ours or I'll put it this way if God integrated his shadow if it was good enough for God I think that is good enough for us as well Right. Um, I just think that this is a very interesting spin or different a different take on the on the biblical interpretation, right? Especially the book of Job. Right. So yeah, look, we have here, right? The I think this is this is uh five eighty four, I think it's paragraph five eighty four or whatever it be called whatever it's called. Very hard to kind of like reference um, Carl Jung's works, but this is in the answer of Job. I find this very interesting. Job realizes God's inner antinomy, and in the light of this realization, his knowledge attains a divine numinosity, right? That's what I was just saying. like, It's very interesting. Job gets elevated, but I think that God not having this self-aware or a center self used Job as that focal point for developing himself and Job also I mean how could Job not realize that God is well I guess I guess Job being the faithful servant fearing God didn't foresee that this type of thing would happen to him if he didn't deserve it and therefore he recognizes God's capacity to be evil (laughs) Okay, so we're going to continue. The possibility of this development lies, one must suppose, in man's godlikeness, right? Ooh. Which one should certainly not look for in human morphology? Yahweh himself had guarded against this error by expressly forbidding the making of images. Job, by his insistence, I, I keep being. I, Yo, I'm so tempted to keep saying Job. Job, by his insistence on bringing his case before God, even without hope of hearing, had stood his ground and thus created the very obstacle that forced God to reveal his true nature. Boom, the shadow of God right there. I don't think it's necessary. Well, yeah, the true nature. God's true nature is that that consists of duality, all all encompassing, and it also includes the shadow that we saw need that that this shadow was needed in order to be integrated so that a more i guess a evolved version of god could come about right Hmm. with this dramatic climax yahweh abruptly breaks off his cruel game of cat and mouse but if anyone should expect that his wrath will now be turned against the slanderer He'll be severely disappointed. Yahweh does not think of bringing this mischief-making son of his, Satan, to account. Nor does it ever occur to him to give Job at least the moral satisfaction of explaining his behavior. Instead, he comes riding along on the tempest of his almightiness and thunders reproaches at the half-crushed human worm. Who is this, that darkness counsel by words without insight? Very interesting. I'm going to go more into i'm gonna read the contemporary english version of that so that it it allows me to understand this readily because i don't understand what that meant the lord speaks from out of a storm okay boom from out of a storm the lord said to job why do you talk so much when you know so little now get ready to face me can you answer the questions i ask how did I lay the foundation for the earth? Were you there? Doubtless you know who decided its length and width. What supports the foundation? Who placed the cornerstone while morning stars sang and angels rejoiced? When the ocean was born, I set its boundaries and wrapped it in blankets of thick of thickest fog. Then I built the wall around it, locked the gates, and said, "Your powerful waves stop here. They can go no farther." So I guess that makes sense. It makes this um case for hmm it it makes this case for uh, again the lack of self-awareness within God. It's like yeah, I did all of this to you, but they, they do you do you know why? Do you know everything? Why do you why do you talk so much? Like you don't know why are you bringing why are you bringing morality into this when you know so little. You know so little. So I'm gonna ask you all these questions to test your knowledge. Are you really that? Are you omniscient? Were you there? Are you all all powerful? Interesting take. So basically, just to wrap up a little bit, because I think I'm beating beating a dead horse when it comes to this, right? Poor Job. I I feel bad for him. Like even reading that, oh man, I feel bad for him because he's just like, yo, what did I do? Right? But I guess that's where it's above me now comes from you know it's it's above me it's it's on it's it's on god god knows god knows everything he has all the answers so that is that's where i kind of i'm probably going to end and i'll just sum up with saying that the shadow of god very interesting very interesting um very interesting position that Carl young offers us very interesting position that carl young offers us. i know that there's more in-depth analysis more in-depth analyses that we can really look at in the book of job and more so well not more so but not more so because the bible is it's freaking amazing piece of work but also carl young's work as well because he's a very complicated very complicated scholar, very complicated character where you have to kind of like read a lot of his other works to even understand, begin to understand this one. So I'm pretty sure that we will probably be visiting Answer to Job again when we speak about the shadow, but we can see again for the millionth time that God found it valuable to integrate his own shadow. And I'd say that he found it valuable to integrate his own shadow because God is all knowing, right? And this 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 integration of shadow brings full circle the edification of self awareness of God, or at least it seems so with the incarnation of Jesus, right? God as man. So yeah, shadow of God. Um, you want to read this book? It's in. Um, I don't know. You can find it on iBooks. I got it from iBooks. You could, you can buy it on Amazon as well. Um. Yeah, yeah. It's in. I believe it's in one of his collected works, volume eleven of one of his collected works. But mm, that was that was challenging. That was challenging. Thankfully, I had some help from the reviewers on Goodreads. Um, I'm trying to see, am I missing anything? Let me go through the show notes. Am I missing anything? I mean, we're probably going to have to come back to this. We're probably going to have to come back to this. And again, this podcast is, is a snapshot of my intellectual development on this specific topic of Jungian psychology, right? Um, this was in no way a comment on the meaning of the book of Job. Is not a comment on the meaning because I don't (sighs) want to look at things in terms of meaning is a very, very subjective thing. And I don't think we can necessarily arrive at any truth unless we were to kind of like study the whole Bible and see what it's really about. Um, So much to it. So this is this is a Jungian perspective, a Jungian perspective, and is a very interesting perspective. That I take as interesting. Very interesting perspective. Let me see. I'm just going over some more of the show notes that I created. To make sure that I'm not missing anything. Making sure I'm not missing anything at all whatsoever. And I like doing these podcasts because it sort of bridges the gap between the layman and these topics because how many of you have had a professor or tried to learn something and the person that was teaching it had this pompous attitude about teaching it had this sort of this gatekeeping language this gatekeeping way about themselves where it's like oh i am the all knowing of jungian psychology like there's people out there that think that because they are more intelligent or more versed on these type of topics that they're better than other people. So I like doing these podcasts as a way to bring you along for a ride of my intellectual development in regards to this topic and other topics as well. Because over time, as you keep listening to these podcasts, you learn more and more. Of course, you're going to learn more and more as I am. And your intellect will evolve as well as mine, right? And I like to bridge the gap between these topics and the layman quote-unquote layman because some of these professors out here just super pompous but not jordan peterson dr jordan peterson is man oh man i am so thankful he put that book list up because now i got so much more reading to do and that this means that this is more content for you guys for us to go over and stuff so if you if you want to have sort of like a discourse or kind of like a... If you want to leave a comment or something like that, you can respond via voice note in Anchor FM. So, yeah. Um I don't think there's anything else. It's nothing else. Nothing else. Feel free to support the podcast by subscribing, by um rating it if you're listening to this on Apple Podcast. And Thank you for listening. This is a very um very challenging one for me. Hopefully it stimulated your intellectual your intellect and um I'll let you guys next time. Peace.